On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. A brand new week, Monday, February 28th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, Andrew McGinnis, and Jimmy Murphy, the whole crew in the house to start the week, ready to uh, look ahead to a Monday night slate with just three games uh, on tap, but three pretty interesting games to look at. We'll get to those uh, in just a bit. Uh, Of course, I want to remind everybody, our next Tuesday night BetCast is tomorrow night, March 1st, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, a great slate tomorrow night. Nine games. It'll be a busy Tuesday night. And it's a Tuesday night where I don't know why the hell they didn't do this last Tuesday uh, when we had our Tuesday night bet cast. But we've got our staggered start times back tomorrow night. You look at it, there's uh, four games in the 7 p.m. Eastern time hour. And then you've got a couple of games at 8 p.m. Eastern time in that hour. You've got one at 9 p.m. Eastern time and then a couple of late games as well. So that's a little bit better. Uh, just from live betting purposes, for live betting purposes, for that betcast tomorrow night. So we're excited about that. As always, DM one of us if you want to get the link and be able to join us uh, on the betcast on Tuesday night. As far as the weekend goes, it was a uh, crazy weekend of hockey. That Saturday card, top to bottom, and we talked a little bit about that this uh, Vito and I yesterday, that that Saturday card was just really great from a viewing standpoint, from a hockey fan standpoint. You had Edmonton and Florida to start the day. You had the Rangers and Penguins on national television on ABC after that. You had, obviously, the outdoor game in uh, Nashville with the Lightning and the Predators on TNT Saturday night. You had Vegas and Colorado, great rivalry. Minnesota-Calgary in the late night hours. It was a very good Saturday of hockey. And look at even yesterday, you know, you had eight games yesterday and get used to that on a Sunday. There's going to be a lot of games uh, to uh, look at. Of course, when you look at it for uh, the Edmonton Oilers, they split with Carolina and Florida, which I'm sure they'll take. Uh, Miko Koskinen, by the way, he's got to be the guy now moving forward. Mike Smith's just uh, not getting it done right now for the Oilers. And Koskinen 6-0-1, like I said yesterday, 6-0-1 in his last seven starts for the Oilers. Miko Koskinen. So I think Jay Woodcroft might be at that point where it's time to uh, run with Miko Koskinen now moving forward in net for them. Uh, just to highlight a couple of uh, the results we saw yesterday, we saw obviously the Winnipeg Jets rescue a must get two points against Arizona. If they had lost that game, uh, that would have been big time uh, trouble for their playoff hopes. It was a must salvage. We had some prop winners on the show yesterday. Tage Thompson again scores a goal, just continues to be terrific. Uh, Kyle Connor and Adam Lowry, a couple of nice Winnipeg Jet goal score props cashed in. We hit the over saves with uh, Wedgwood uh, in that game against the uh, Jets as well. Uh, JT Miller over one and a half points plus 190. Very proud of that one. Uh, that he got two points early in that game against the Rangers, his former team, helping the Canucks to victory. So 
Uh, pretty good Sunday. Vito's just uh, uh, you got to get the fire hydrant out and and spray him with it right now. He's on fire at the moment, Vito, with his plays. I mean, he had a terrific weekend in his two appearances on the show. Uh, me, not so much with the best bets, unfortunately, but we'll see if we can get back on track. There is one the best bet for me tonight, even though it's only a three game slate. I really like it a lot. So I think we can get back off uh, off the schneid with those. We had Nashville. That was a tough one on Saturday with the best bet. And, of course, yesterday, Pittsburgh-Columbus over falls short. Million chances, but uh, not a lot of great finish in that one as the Penguins win 3-2 in that one. Uh, Alex, it's good to have you back. Welcome back. Uh, how was the weekend and thoughts on what we saw on the ice? Weekend was solid, like you said, from a viewing standpoint. Not so much from a betting standpoint. I went, went kind of cold the last few days in, in hockey, and it's, it's kind of stretching to other things. Not, I know this is an NHL show, but yesterday in the NBA, I had Steph Curry over 28 or more points. He finishes with 27. So uh, it's just, it was just one of those weekends uh, overall from a betting standpoint. I had, had the team total over three and a half with Tampa Bay. Game falls 3-2. So you're just going to have those, those streaks kind of, you know, come come going waves, obviously. So open the, you know, as we enter a new month of March and uh, things get absolutely insane from here on out, hoping we can get started a new fresh run. But uh, I think the craziest, at least score and, and, and setup of the weekend had to be Toronto-Detroit on Saturday. Uh, I didn't get to catch much of that because yeah. I was watching Nashville Tampa, but I'm looking and see the final. I see 10-7, and I go, oh, wait a minute. I thought the MLB was on break. It looked like the Blue Jays beat Detroit 10-7. Uh, no, that's Leafs and, and Wings. And and to see the you know recap of how that happened, we, you know, Leafs had a big lead. Detroit damn near comes back and ties it. It gets, gets all the way to one goal, and all of a sudden ends up being a 10-7 final. So it's not a good sign for Toronto. I mean, Detroit, yeah, we've seen them being in some boat races like that, but Toronto – Okay, cool. Give it, scoring ten goals is fine, but you shouldn't be giving up seven to a, to a team like the Red Wings this time of year. So, something they may need to address. And uh, as far as that that stadium series go, you know, I've I've been saying it for a while. I'm kind of over the the novelty of the outdoor games. I think that's probably one of the best ones. You had a great crowd, over sixty thousand people. Uh, and they and were loud. Commu- yeah, a loud, loud, boisterous crowd. Like obviously, Tampa fans came in and, and filled that place up just as much as as the local Predator fans. Uh, I'm a country music fan, so I love the the entertainment. Had Miranda Lambert performing, so it it was just really fun. It was definitely a, a different atmosphere. You know, usually when you see it being played like up here in Minnesota and it's freezing, and obviously you know you can't do a whole lot of of super big festivities uh, in the cold. It just doesn't translate that well. But when you got nice weather. Uh, and it's not like these are two teams that are, you know, exactly rivals, but, you know, we saw a fight on the ice and, and, and some good action back and forth. It, it actually kind of just, you know, made it, I think the stadium series might be the way they should transition moving forward with these outdoor games, the winter classics and certain things. It's just, it, I don't know. It's just the setup just seems to be a little different. I think having some more warm venue games, maybe some, uh, you know, a few years ago, Vancouver had that game that was played in the dome. Trying to just draw some bigger crowds and, so, and maybe in some nicer weather, you know, spots, it might just lend to, to a better viewing experience for even the people on TV. Yeah, definitely. I think I think the stadium series, like there's, I think they're still going to go forward with Winter Classic every year, but it feels like uh, the stadium series, and they're trying, I think, at some point, the NHL to get the uh, outdoor game experience to every single team in the NHL at some point, and uh, I don't think there's too many now that haven't had an outdoor game. I mean, we're starting to get to the point where slowly but surely they're going to go through every team in the league in terms of each team having at least hosted an outdoor game uh, once. No question about that. Uh, Andrew, uh, thoughts on the uh, weekend overall? It was a crazy weekend. You know, I think we saw uh, pretty much, you know, last Monday when you said what's going on to me, and I kind of gave the same answer I'm going to give now is that we're seeing a lot of situational spots. You know, I think that if there's ever a time for me to tell people, 
when you're handicapping the NHL, make sure you're checking these schedules. Make sure you're looking ahead at certain teams. They're, they're kind of their pathway ahead for the next week. Um, that's really helped my handicapping this year. And, and, and you can kind of realize, you know, um, let, let's take a look at the Colorado game. Colorado and Vegas, both their different games. I believe those were on Friday. We talked about those on the Ice Guys show. Um, Colorado comes back, you know, uh, Vegas struggles in that game. And then they, they both play each other Saturday. I mean, to me, I think one of the most, um, you know, cliche terms that's actually credible is the letdown spot. And we're starting to see that here. These scheduling spots are, yeah, yeah are, are a big deal. And some of them are, are letdowns. You know, teams are really figuring out which games they really care about. Um, we're starting to really see that. But yeah, up and down weekend. Um, Saturday was good for me. Or, or Friday was good. Had a big play yesterday. Uh, not so good. So a little bit up and down. Uh, I had Washington in regulation against the Flyers yesterday. Um, that one was kind of a rough one. Um, or was that yesterday or the day before that? Um, yeah, yeah Saturday. Saturday. You're talking about the Philly game. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So yeah. that one was kind of tough. I mean, that was one of those games where we're going to talk about Washington today, but uh, they played their hearts out dominated the possession wise dominated shots on goal and they couldn't finish, you know? So it's kind of how it's been going for me lately. A little bit of zig, a little bit of zag, but uh, Hey, uh, that Leafs and Red Wings game, like Alex said, that one was crazy. And I'm, I'm curious. I, I want to, uh, I'm curious what Jimmy's thoughts on this just from a media perspective, because I saw a lot of um, hate, you know, going to, I shouldn't use the word hate, but uh, people were looking down upon the outdoor game uh, this past weekend. I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't watch it this weekend. And somebody said there's a problem with the marketing with the NHL. You know, uh, a lot of people didn't know it was even happening or, you know, uh, didn't watch it or whatever. Like, what do you think, Jimmy, there? Because, I, I mean, my buddies that are, you know, soccer fans or NBA fans, stuff like that, they always think that they say to me just personally, they think there's a marketing problem with the NHL. Would you agree? Yes and no. I, I, I think, first of all, the marketing problem was created when they decided to have more than one outdoor game a year. I, I, I think they should have just stuck with the Winter Classic and, and adding in all these stadium series and the Heritage again. And and then, you know, the things they did last year when the, they went to Lake Tahoe and that other one there. I just think they're, they're kind of taking away the uniqueness from it and, and uh, sort of the anticipation so to speak, and it's getting watered down a bit. So I think that's where the marketing problem is from, is that they're having so many now, people can't keep up. Too high uh, volume. So I, I think the NHL did a great job in terms of marketing it. But again, like I'm saying, it's like people get so caught up in their lives right now, whether it's with COVID or work, and now, now there's a war going on. And it's just like, it, it's hard to keep up with everything. So I think it lost its uniqueness. And that's maybe where the problem lies. But as far as this weekend goes, I mean, Look, I watched it, and by all accounts, uh, from everyone that was there that I spoke to, uh, the NHL production crew that puts this together they and the event staff, they really hit it out of the park there. So uh, kudos to them for a great job. And, I mean, that's, you know, that's the type of thing where I think, you know, when you have it in a city like Nashville, like Alex was saying, maybe more of these warmer climates. Not that Nashville's always warmer, but it's still a southern climate, uh, so to speak, and it's – it's obviously a party town like Vegas is, you know, I, I just think, look, I always sit in football. Uh, I, I I'm still a proponent of this. Stop bringing a Super Bowl to all these different stadiums. Just make it in either Las Vegas. Well, I, I didn't say Las Vegas before, but now that Las Vegas is there, I say you alternate between Las Vegas and New Orleans and just keep it there. It's it, it, they're great party spots. Uh, you can get reasonable trips there and it's, it's just a fun atmosphere. And I think that's kind of the thing you have with Nashville there. Maybe, you know, maybe if the NHL wants to 
do more than to win a classic going forward and still do these stadium series, I would say maybe just do one other game. And I would say pick the same city every year and make it something that takes on a life of its own and a personality of its own. And, and it's unique and it's something that people look forward to. And they know they're going to get on the NHL calendar in September and circle that date on when the, you know, right. outdoor game is. Great point. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe even suggest, like, so the Lake Tahoe thing, which I guess it was a flop, obviously, because of the timing and not realizing, you know, how the, how the sun works. But uh, but do you think having a, an idea of, like, saying, you know, you take four teams or, or six teams and have them play two or three games in one spot over a weekend, you think that would be a better way to kind of have? So, so yeah. let's say have it in Nashville one year or have it in Lake Tahoe, you know, may, maybe not move the location to maybe three or four places, but have a weekend of just teams. You know, let's say we take the six southern teams, Tampa, Florida, Nashville, Dallas, Carolina, uh, throwing a Columbus and have them play outdoors Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Would that be a, a better marketing yeah. strategy? I mean, how about this? As you're saying that, it just popped in my mind. And, you know, I love Lake Tahoe, by the way. But the one thing I'll point out there, Alex, is that I think that was a one off because that was specifically designed for the COVID environment where they couldn't right, have no crowds. Yeah. They're in the middle of nowhere. And I, I don't know how you would build enough stands uh, it would just, you know, you, you need a, a, an arena or a stadium, a foundation in place. You can't just sure. build it up for a weekend. So um, as far as what you're saying, though, why not do that as the All-Star Weekend? Why not just have the All-Star Weekend outdoors every year? Yeah, that would be great. Do the yeah. Winter Classic and do the All-Star Weekend outdoors and do a mini tournament like that. That'd and whether cool. you pick different teams yeah. each year or you do, you know, you do a setup with divisions like you're already doing hmm. and have sort of a, a round robin or something or some kind yep. of tournament like that. Do that. I think that would be a great hit. And do it like, yeah. yeah, pick Nashville, you know, alternate, pick two cities. Do Nashville one year and then another city the next. And for the yeah. record, I wasn't saying that it didn't look like it was awesome. I just oh, I, just I know that, there man. was some marketing. I mean, I heard I, – I, I'll just say it. I mean, I, I'm – There's I some people that didn't have a clue that there was one. Exactly. I, I like forgot. I was I way, forgot I'll tell you what. Place. I was way more pumped up for the uh, St. Louis and Minnesota one. I heard way more about that on social media yeah. and stuff, yeah. and I watched that one. Like, that one seemed to get a lot of attention, but – from, I, I've watched a lot of like Ryan Whitney's stuff and biz and them. And uh, it's, he said yeah. that was one of the best, like to Jimmy's point, that was one of the best organized events he's seen. Like he's, he was, he was saying how awesome it looked. Yeah. So, yeah. He also and then the, for TNT. He's got to say good things about it. Right. <laughs> well, and then, and then the stigma, the right. stigma that still exists too about people, you know, well, it's, you know, it's not, you know, a warm weather climate. It's not really a, a hockey climate and a hockey town, which is, which is stupid at this point because we've seen how successful Tampa yeah. and Vegas and Nashville have been. But I think that still does kind of hinder those teams. I think more people, you know, uh, for example, I think about that stadium series with LA and San Jose at Dodger Stadium. Really cool environment, but that I, I think that's probably the worst rated uh, outdoor game that they had, and most people didn't watch it because you know it, it was just a, a weird environment. Like I said, I personally think for people going to games, I've, and I know this because there's been two here in Minnesota. I've talked to people who've gone. They said it was it was terrible to go to because of, of just the you know the the viewpoints of everything yeah, it's, and it's the fact TV that it's event. right. It's a TV event, I mean, and it's thirty below zero. I mean that that's yeah. it's hard to watch anything in that kind of weather. But to have it in a nicer environment, a nicer climate, I think that would really kind of, like I said, you could tell the crowd was really into it on, on Saturday as opposed to with other games. You can't really, you know, get that kind of feel while watching on TV. Yep. Our, and our friend in the chat, Chris Otto, who does a great job with the totals charts every day, which you should be checking out at PSU Auto. He's also got a great thought here about why are they putting it with 12 other games on a Saturday night? Exactly. And why why don't they switch? 
Why is the Rangers Penguins the standalone 3 p.m. Eastern game Saturday afternoon? The only game at yeah. that time you could have done Tampa Bay Nashville at that time. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Are they worried about the temperature being what a couple of degrees warmer? No, is the sun, but there was no sun yeah. forecast. But yeah, well, and, and it, yeah, and and because TNT had TNT has all the outdoors because even I think the Heritage yeah. Series I think it was a TNT production as well. So yeah. that yeah. that's the case for but that. Even the Winter Classic. Kenny yeah. Albert's yeah. coming to Hamilton in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. The Winter Classic. They even had like five other yeah. games. That day, I know because yep. the Bruins had a game that day. It was like it was stupid. You're you're taking away the the uniqueness of it and the, the putting that in the spotlight. It's like you're watering it all down. I just, yeah, that stuff I don't get. However, maybe this year there were more games on January first just because of the COVID situation. Right. The, the pre right because that was still the schedule before the Olympics yeah. being canceled. Yeah. So otherwise, that would have probably been a standalone. I do like the fact that these games are at night now and not the daytime. And I think, like I said, they had a lot to do with the Lake Tahoe disaster. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, putting even the Winter Classic at, at 7 o'clock or 7.30, I think that's a much better move than having a noon game, especially on New Year's Day when you're competing against bowl games. That's just never a good idea. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, too, NHL's not stepping on a hockey night in Canada's toes on a Saturday night. They're not going to say, you know what, hockey night in Canada, you can't have all your Canadian teams on and your doubleheader at 7 p.m. Eastern and 10 p.m. Eastern because we were clearing the deck for the outdoor game as the only game on a Saturday night. I mean, that's just never going to happen. They're never going to convince Rogers and Sportsnet to do that. No, and I don't think they'd ever ask them to do that. So that's the conundrum. If you're going to have that game, uh, you know, if it, it's hard to have a standalone spot for it. Because if it's the afternoon, would you think would make sense 3 p.m. Eastern, but you're worried about how, what the temperature is going to be and the ice could be in bad, worse conditions and the sun might be an issue uh, at that time. Uh, so, honestly, uh, they should have they should have made it last night because if yeah. you go if you from a TV perspective, there's really nothing on late, you know Sunday night and you have to you know a standalone NBA game. But you know, and, and ironically enough, it was a college hockey game that took place uh, at Nissan Stadium. It was uh, Middle Tennessee State and Vanderbilt that played on the ice and, and got to use it. They could have flip flopped those around and easily had that event be Sunday, uh, and probably would have done a lot better on the ratings. Yeah, no question. Uh, there's definitely some great points there. All right, let's um, let's get into the card. We've got three games here uh, on a uh, Monday. Let's start it off. We've got the uh, Vancouver Canucks taking on the New Jersey Devils. Uh, New Jersey minus one twenty five. Uh, home favorites here, six and a half the total. It is still six in some spots, but most books now have moved uh, to six and a half here in this game. Uh, Vancouver Canucks with a very good performance last night to start this East Coast road trip uh, against the New York Rangers. A very good performance from them. First period, they kind of got outplayed, but that's why you have Thatcher Demko uh, on your side. He was uh, very strong in the first period, allowed the Canucks to weather that early storm from the Rangers. And then it kind of felt like the... The, the the push waned a little bit from the Rangers. I think the Canucks got stronger in the second period, and as that game went on, they really started to take over. That was a dominant second period for Vancouver, and that's really where they started to take over that game, and they got the victory there uh, in that one. We'll see uh, if they can keep it rolling here. Now, this is second of back-to-back games, but this is New York to New Jersey, and that means no air travel. That means you probably stay in the same hotel. Uh, if you're the Vancouver Canucks. So this is not that bad of a back-to-back situation for them uh, in this game. But you look at some of their advanced numbers, and boy, last night, I mean, the Rangers expected goals. They should have scored more than they did. Demko was phenomenal. There's a lot of high-danger chances allowed by the Canucks in that game. It's concerning moving forward for this group. The goaltending has been masking a lot of issues uh, defensively at times with that team. Their penalty kill still isn't that great either. Uh, and now they're playing a rested New Jersey team that hasn't played since Friday night when they actually lost to 
Alex's Chicago Blackhawks, 8-5. to uh, But they haven't played since that game Friday night. And I mentioned on the show Friday, and I mentioned this on Twitter as well after the game on Friday night with Chicago. This New Jersey team offensively, get ready to see them score some goals moving forward. They got Dougie Hamilton, their best puck-moving defenseman back by far. He really drives so much of the offense from the back end for this Devils team. They got Andreas Janssen back. And the biggest return that they got uh, prior to the game against Pittsburgh last week, you know, the one where they shocked the world on our Tuesday night bet cast and beat the uh, Penguins 6-1? to one. They got Jesper Bratt uh, back prior to that game as well. And look what the guy has done since returning. He scored the first two goals against Pittsburgh. He scored again against Chicago. This is a good offensive team. They're fully healthy now. Hughes and Heeshear, and you got Bratt now in the lineup for them. Uh, you've got all of it. Mercer, of course, has had a, a pretty solid year offensively for the Devils as well. Uh, Sharon Govich. Uh, Zaka, of course, is very capable. Uh, yeah, they've got nothing from Tatar. And if he ever gets going, like this is a team that's going to be able to score some goals. And I think right now, and I said this on Twitter, Devils team totals are where it's at for me right now. Uh, ever since they got all these guys back, they scored five against Chicago, even in a loss. They scored six against Pittsburgh. And I'd rather take New Jersey team totals than lay anything with them on a money line or puck line or anything to do with that nature because I can't trust their goaltending one night to the next. I can't. One night they're going to give up two goals. The next night they'll get, give up eight, you know, like they did against Chicago. Nico Dawes and John Gillies is a very difficult tandem to trust right now for me. So this is a very... Um, very good bet for me uh, here. New Jersey team total over three and a half plus 130. Halak is in net for Vancouver. He's too inconsistent, too erratic for my liking. I think the Devils here score four minimum tonight in this game. They could win the game. I'm not, Vancouver to me is still a little bit better than New Jersey, but the situation is in New Jersey's favor. The schedule is in New Jersey's favor. They're playing Vancouver now on a back-to-back -back situation. Uh, and apparently I need to go back to second grade because I misspelled Vancouver on the marquee. Let's change that right now. Uh, there we go. All right, Vancouver, not Vancouver. There we go. Uh, but I like the Devils to score goals tonight, and I don't know if they'll win the game. I don't want to trust them to win the game with just how shaky their defense and goaltending is. So for me, it's New Jersey team total over three and a half plus 130. Great price with that. I think they score four minimum. They've scored four plus in back-to-back -back games since they got everybody healthy. And I lean to the full game over, too. It's juiced at six. It's moved to six and a half, but I would lean full game over as well. Alex, what do you think? Vancouver, New Jersey. So I've been fortunate enough to have a, uh, an out now where I can get some of these first period totals a little bit earlier. So I bet this last night over one and a half minus $1.25. You pretty much can't find that anywhere now. It's every, everything I'm seeing is $1.40 uh, up to $1.60. So I would recommend playing that in-game live. Also would look a little bit and sprinkle on that uh, both teams to score prop. That's something we've seen cash in 22 games now with the, the Devils. Uh, and as Chris Otto put it in the chat, 22 and five to the first period over the last 27 games and 23 and three the last 26 with a goal in the first 10 minutes. So uh, like you said, that that's a, a direct reflection of not only the Devils offense getting going, but the fact that they like said the tandem of Dawes and Gillies is something you can't trust and rely on. So no matter who they play in Vancouver had a nice little run. They're seven and three the last 10 to the first period over as well. So that's the play I really like. Uh, like I said, at this price now, I wait to, to get it a better price than Justin in game, but I'm definitely on this first period over. All right, good stuff. And for me, from a prop standpoint in this game, you know where we're going. Yes, for Bratt to score a goal. 
cashed it against Pittsburgh, cashed it against Chicago, cashing it again, I think, tonight. I think he'll find the back of the net. He scored uh, three goals now uh, in the uh, – actually scored four goals, I beg your pardon, in the two games since he's returned uh, from his absence against Pittsburgh and Chicago. Got two in both games, two against the Penguins, two against the Blackhawks. I think he'll find the back of the net. And you got to take his over shots on goal, too, because it is just – he's had, what, four and five shots on goal – uh, in these last two games since returning. So that is the player for me to target and zone in on here from a, a prop standpoint tonight. Uh, Jesper Brad over over two and a half shots is minus 120. Think about that. He's had five and four shots, and he's going to get minutes. He's playing in the top six. He's going to be on the power play because he's just uh, got the uh, red-hot stick going right now for the uh, Devils playing with uh, Heeshear and Zaka on that second line. So uh, definitely uh, Jesper Brad riding the hot hand with, with him once again tonight. Uh, beers and and brats. Very well said there, Kenny Wu. Great job there. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here? Vancouver, New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, uh, Vancouver playing some good hockey right now. Um, <clears throat> looking at the goals that they've scored, uh, the amount of, first of all, just, just talking about information. I mean, you know, I always say that there's been a very different, like compared to years past, backup versus starter hasn't been as big of a deal nowadays as it used to be you know when i was growing up okay it's the backup in if i was a betting man when i was eight years old if I, you guys can tell me <laughs> but like the lines would move way more but now with backups it's not nearly as much but i'll tell you what uh yaroslav halak versus thatcher demko you can already guarantee i was waiting to find out who was going to be between the pipes in that game for for me betting the over because i probably would have still liked it with thatcher in that and it's not like Yaroslav's played horribly. He's been put in some bad spots. But just based on what I've seen from him and based on this road trip here for the Canucks and the fact that Devils are scoring so much, I think that I just wanted to wait until Halak was confirmed. And then Dawes as well. Look, Dawes is – he's only played a couple games. He's 21 years old. He hasn't had – he hasn't gotten demolished any games by any means. So we can't come on here and rip on the guy. But, again, when you're missing not just your number one, number two, but – so many goaltenders had just been down for this team. No Blackwood really hurts the Devils as far as defense, uh, or as far as goaltending goes. And then their defense has been tough. I mean, when you look at this Devils team, you touched on it, Ian. They've got some great puck-moving defensemen, but they don't really have that many stay-at-home guys. Their whole decor is made up of guys that love jumping into the rush. Um, that, to me, can't be something that helps you uh, in the long run when you're constantly giving up goals. You look at this team... Uh, how many of it? Um, yeah, they just allowed eight goals. and But something for them as well, they scored 11 goals their last two games. So not only are they giving up, they're also scoring some themselves. So just the evidence over the past five to six games from this Devils team, they're proving to us that, hey, we can score goals, but we're just as bad at, at giving them up. You know, and Vancouver, what I liked about their offense recently is that they've been they've been getting uh, kind of a getting, getting it going from everybody, not just one or two guys. A lot of contributors on that, on that team, but I will say it's nice to see the big guys, the superstars that get you know get paid the most. They're the ones contributing as well. So um, I really think that this game should see goals. It's hard to argue that first period over, like Alex suggested. I mean, um, with the Devils and the way their first period over trend has been going, and that both teams will score. Those are just trends you can't ignore. But uh, I, I think we'll see goals in this one. And I think it kind of sets up for it, even though it's a back-to-back -back, and I have been saying that's kind of overrated to discuss that, it does kind of help the the argument here. And one thing I wanted to mention as well before I hand it over to Jimmy is just the fact that um, 
Vancouver just played two really tough games, you know, not just two games in general, they played well in um, scoring five goals and seven goals. Those goals were against the Rangers and the flames. And I'm not calling the devils pushovers, but there's definitely is a little bit of a letdown versus the flames and the Rangers. And I think we'll see that. Uh, and so we'll, the devils will get goals on their side, but I think Canucks get their fair share as well. So give me the over here. I'm sprinkling on 14 to one. Yes. Per brat, two or more goals as well, by the way, tonight, I don't do this very often, but uh, I'm doing this right now. I mean, he's had two goals and back-to-back games for the uh, devils plus 1400, two or more goals for wow. Jesper Bratwurst uh, tonight uh, for the, uh, uh, for the uh, New Jersey Devils. Uh, and also over one and a half points for Brat is plus, you're, you're getting it upwards of more than plus 200 with that uh, for over one and a half points. So we're all on the Jesper Brat train tonight. Again, the Vancouver team, don't be fooled by Vancouver last night. They gave up a shit ton of quality chances and high danger chances. And Demko had to make uh, several 10 star saves, if you will, five star saves, whatever scale you use, five star, 10 star, but Top of the top of the charts, if you will, saves from Demko at times last night against the New York Rangers. Is Halak going to do that for you tonight, especially with what we've seen from him lately? Uh, not so much. So uh, definitely liking uh, the Devils here to uh, score some goals tonight. I think Vancouver probably does as well. Dawes is an enigma because we're probably going to see him tonight. He's had some struggles. He's been pulled in some games. And then he was terrific against Pittsburgh the last time we saw him. So which one's it going to be? That's why I like the Devils team total. I'm not buying... Uh, I'm not messing with the money line here. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Canucks devils. Well, I'm going to piggyback it for, first off before I go on, you know, you bring up the two goal bets there and, uh, I'd been done pretty well this season with those. Uh, I think I've gone like four for five until Thursday. And I was, this was probably the one I thought I was going to hit for sure. The other ones I was nervous on, but I thought for sure Marshan would come flying out of gate. He did do that. He got seven, uh, shots, uh, and um, but he couldn't score. And then, of course, Saturday, he pours on one more shot, it takes eight shots on goal, and he gets the two goals in that game. But I didn't have him then, so I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant. I like the bet on Brat, but I, you know what? I'll, I'll take a, a Brat to score one goal here. I'm also going to jump on Alex's first period over. And then, guys, I'm going to go with a little draw here right now. I, I think you're right. I think maybe you know, the uh, the Vancouver Canucks come in. Riding a little high, feeling a little too good about themselves. Who knows? Maybe they snuck out for a few pops in Manhattan last night. Who knows? Uh, and they come in and, uh, you know, have a slow start. But I think they catch up because you know, we know the Devils' defense is just so hard. Uh, and I think we see a back-and-forth game as the game goes on. And, and it gets to the extra session, maybe even a shootout. So give me the draw as well. All right. Like on the draw here in this one with uh, Vancouver and uh, New Jersey. Uh, and Jack Hughes, by the way, scoring goals lately as well. So yeah. looking at Hughes is not a bad option either as well for a, a goal scoring option for the Devils. All right, Toronto and Washington. We've got the Leafs minus 140 uh, road favorites, six the total in this game. So I want to I don't usually like rushing to the defense of the Leafs. And I'll ask the answer the question someone did ask. I think it was Claudio earlier. Do you think the Leafs are true Stanley Cup contenders? No, but with a caveat, if they get past the first round finally for the first time since uh, Christ was born. Uh, that's what it feels like. Uh, that's how long it's been for the uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, without a first round playoff series victory. But if they finally do win a first round series, um, then they could be a contender. But that's 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 where I, only then would I change my mind. Uh, until then, no, I don't think they're a contender. And before we say games like Detroit Saturday night are the reason why we don't think they're a contender. 
a lot of those goals were fluky. I'll be the first to defend them a little bit for that third period. And that a lot of those goals were fluky. A lot of them were deflections, tip-ins, off skates, off bodies, off legs, off sticks uh, in front of the net. Uh, and there was really no shot for Campbell to do anything with any of them. Although the one goal was a horrendous goal for him to give up. The one that were right before he got pulled from the net. Uh, it was a terrible angle. Uh, it just can't go in. Uh, and uh, so some of those goals were just bad puck luck, if you will, for the Leafs. And they did show some panic. But what I did like is that when they got to 7-6, they steadied the ship. They got the big 8-6 goal. And then from that point on, it looked like, oh, exhale, breathe. It's going to be all right, fellas. Uh, and that's kind of what you saw from the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs there Saturday night. They were on the ropes for a bit, but they got the uh, train back on the tracks and, and they pulled it out 10-7. Obviously, they want to play a better third period, a better 60 minutes tonight. But I think some of that was just fluke and puck luck and bounces of the puck more than just horrendous defense that just got uh, fell apart. So it's interesting to see what how they come out tonight after a game like that. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but I've seen now Washington for these last few games, and they're not right. This is not a team that's in a good way right now. They're not scoring goals. Uh, I think this Ovechkin-Ukraine-Russia stuff is getting to him, and I don't know if he's got the focus and demeanor right now to be at his absolute best on the ice. I mean, he was a very, very uh, quiet here uh, as of late for this uh, Capitals team. Uh, when you look at what he's done, I mean, only two shots on goal. Uh, in the uh, game the other night against uh, Philadelphia, uh, held without a point. He's been held without a point two of the last uh, three games. Um, you just wonder. I mean, there's just something that's a little bit off right now with Washington. They still have a suspect at times uh, goaltending situation, Samsonov and Vanacek, and it was Phoenix Copley as well who got a start recently for the Capitals. I mean, it's just tough to trust them in net at the moment. Uh, it's not a team I'm rushing to back right now. Now, Am I going to chase 30 cents of line movement on Toronto when this line opened at even money and now it's, what, minus 140 in some spots? No, I'm not going to do that either. So for me, this is a small lean to the over, but uh, not nothing significant for me from an opinion standpoint on this uh, Leafs and Capitals game. Other than Michael Bunting is a goal-scoring machine on the road for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So maybe you keep on going to that well uh, with Michael Bunting to score. A lot of his goals, not that he can't score at home, but I find he scores a lot of his goals on the road. He did against Detroit. He got on the, uh, found the back of the net. That was one of my props I recommended for that Leafs-Red Wings game Saturday night was bunting. So that might be something to look at here tonight from a, a prop standpoint, bunting to find the back of the net. Alex, what do you think here, Toronto and Washington? This game is going to be a pass for me. When you look at a, a, a result like we saw with Toronto and Detroit the other night, if you're a trends player, you have to throw the whole game out. You can't look at that and say, oh, you know, this was a, you know, obviously, okay, a game went over, they won the game. But other than that, you can't, you know, say, well, you know, uh, look at, at a scoring, you know, streak of, you know, they had 10 goals in one game. It's, it's, a, it's a true anomaly. And this is a team that, like I said, giving up seven goals is something you're not going to see from them uh, happen too often either. So it, it's it's one thing, I like I said, kind of identify, take it for what it was, but you have to move forward. I'm sure the Leafs are going to try to move forward too because, like I said, even getting the win, they can't be happy with the fact they gave up seven goals to, to that kind of a team. And Washington's playing hockey right now the way I thought they were going to at the beginning of the season. I thought they were just going to be this kind of up and down, up and down team. They got all of our hopes up. And like you said, the Ovechkin you know, issue, that's something you got to really take note of. And, you know, it kind of frustrates me personally because I have, you know, tickets on him to win the Hart and the, the Rocket trophy. Uh, it looks like those two, two things may not happen. And, and even if he does, let's say he turns things around, Washington firmly gets into the playoffs. 
you wonder with everything that's going on and, and the writers have the final say with these votes, is he even a finalist for the Hart Trophy? I mean, it, it would be disastrous if he isn't at 36 years old, the start that he had to the season, if he can, you know, put up a 50 goal season or, or better and, and lead this team into the postseason, I, I would like to think he still would get consideration in spite of all the things going on in his country. But uh, that's something you have to kind of wonder if you have one of those tickets in, in pocket, like I do, but as far as this game tonight, it's a pass for me. I want to see it. I, I was on Washington the other night. I thought they would take care of business uh, the other day, I should say against Philadelphia, you know, losing that game. It's a bad loss. So they're in a, a spot where they need to play some spirited hockey, but Toronto's also in the spot where they, you know, got things rolling and, and definitely want to tighten stuff up after Saturday. So one to watch, but definitely not one to bet. Yeah, no question. Uh, definitely not, not a bad choice there with that. Um, if you can find it, by the way, let me see if I, he should be listed in terms of the shots on goal. We'll see if I can find it. It's just something that uh, came to mind just a few uh, minutes ago. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let me see who's got them. Um, yeah, but anyway, Andre Kasha for Toronto moved up to the second line against Detroit. He had been on the third line before that. Basically, him and uh, Alex Kerfoot flip-flopped, traded places. Uh, Kasha was on the third line, right-wing side. Kerfoot was on the second line, right-wing side. Well, now Kasha's on the second line on the right side, and Kerfoot's uh, been slid down to the third line. Well, in the first game with Kasha on the second line, he had a goal, he had two points, he had five shots on goal. And he's going to still be on that second line tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Obviously, Keefe's not going to change that with how well he played uh, on that second line uh, alongside William Nylander and John Tavares. And when you look at that line, Nylander's kind of struggled lately for the most part offensively. John Tavares can't put a puck in the ocean. I'm one, A 10-goal game, and he didn't get any of the goals. You know, So you're wondering if he's going to score ever again. Uh, for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs at this point. Uh, so if he gets the puck and he's centering this line, what do you think he's going to do with his lack of confidence finishing right now? He's going to pass the puck. He's not going to shoot. He's not going to be a willing and able shooter with the lack of confidence he has finishing around the net. So that's going to be a benefactor to Andre Kasha in my mind. So uh, I would look at Kasha props over shots, uh, maybe to score tonight, which you can get a pretty solid price on that. I think the goal score prop is around plus 225. Uh, and overshots on goal as well. Uh, I think those are good ways to go. I love these situations when you get all of a sudden someone moving up the lineup and getting more opportunity, and they often take advantage of that. Look at that one game up to the second line for Andre Kasha against Detroit. He has five shots on goal. So there you go. Perfect example. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here? Leafs and Capitals. Yeah, I'll just be short and sweet here. Uh, this is one of those games where I'm going to sit back and watch. Um, look, I, I, there's a couple different angles we could all talk about. You know, good storyline for both teams right now, really. Um, the way the Leafs were struggling for a bit, they got, got it going again. And, you know, they're giving up goals again. Uh, Leafs media, Leafs uh, fan base just wants to absolutely chase Campbell out of town again. Um, I mean, there's so much to talk about with the struggles of the Capitals not just Ovechkin, the team as a whole uh, being able to score, you know, kind of reminds me of a soccer match when a team has possession like 70, 30, and they can't score. I couldn't believe the Capitals were able to only score one goal against the Philadelphia Flyers. But guys, I can make a good argument for both teams in this game. Um, and, and for that reason, uh, I'm just going to pass. If I was playing this game, I'd probably play the Leafs because to me, this is still a generous price on a team that's just playing better hockey overall. Um, but if you're, if you're playing the Capitals, you're hoping this is a wake-up game here and you're thinking the Leafs are allowing goals. This could be a good one the Capitals get it going against. And that's kind of the question you have to ask yourself. Is the, is this 
the opportunity the Capitals finally score against. But realistically, though, if you're Sheldon Keefe, what are you doing the next day at practice? What's the one thing you want to work on? I'd say, you know, is, is you know, uh, neutral zone defense, right? Not coughing the puck up. And if they do that, then they're not going to be able to allow goals as easily. So um, I, I think that this is a pass for me that you can make a case for both sides. Especially at the price. You are getting Washington home underdog, generous plus 120. They're not playing well. I don't like their form at all and not enough to even consider backing them. But the price is kind of value for Washington. And you would think the sense of urgency creeps in tonight. Like they got to get off this night. And they have been good at stopping losing streaks. I don't think they've lost three in a row this year at all, believe it or not, Washington. Wouldn't it shock me at all if we see just a random outpour tonight for the Capitals. Yeah, well, definitely. I know she's back. Third game back. He should be more comfortable. No question. And he's kind of, you know, been struggling to find his way uh, since rejoining the Capitals lineup. But uh, I believe, yeah, Washington has not lost three in a row this season. And if they lose tonight, it would be the first time they've lost uh, three games in a row this season. So we'll see if that sense of urgency kicks in against Toronto. Mrazek, by the way, will be a net for uh, Toronto. And you got to wonder now, is this going to be more of a 50-50 goalie split? the rest of the season for Toronto because uh, Campbell obviously gets pulled, although a lot of bounces went against him in that third period against Detroit. But Morazic played very well in his last start, which was the game before that against Minnesota. He was terrific in that game for the Leafs. And he has been getting the net more often going into this game here tonight. So uh, yeah, Washington three and oh last three times they've uh, lost two games in a row. So there you go. Uh, we'll see if they can avoid a three game skid tonight. Uh, not playing well, but we'll see if they can bounce back. Jimmy, what do you think here, Toronto and Washington? Well, I look at it, guys. Look, I mean, when you you give up seven goals uh, the game before, uh, you can bet the emphasis is going to be defense heading into this game. And I know it's Mrazek, and he scares the hell out of me, but I, I, I just think that Toronto's going to come out and really just tighten up and, and play some really boring hockey, to be honest. Uh, and then Washington, the same. I think they know they need to buckle, you know, buckle down defensively as well. So I'm liking this under six and a half. If it was six, I might have been hesitant, but you get that extra half there. Give me the under six and a half for this game. And I'm also going to take the Toronto Maple Leafs for Jimmy Puckline, the first of the week. Uh, I, I think Washington right now is just not in a good place. I think you're absolutely right, uh, Ian, with the whole Alex Ovechkin situation. And you know what? Too bad I don't have one bit of sympathy for him. It's his fault. Um, and that's that, you know, and I, I think they're in a, they're in a lot of trouble. I, I think that the Washington capitals right now really got to evaluate. It sounds crazy, but I don't really know if they should be buyers like they are right now as the trade deadline approaches, because unless they make some monumental trade that could completely reshapes this roster, I, I don't see this team doing much, uh, come postseason. Yeah, it's uh, and Samsonov in net. It's been just a struggle for him right now. Uh, a guy that had a terrific season last year uh, for the uh, Capitals. And uh, you look at him this year, uh, barely above 900 save percentage, 2.85 uh, goals against average. His last nine games, he's got a 3.04 goals against 907 save percentage. So just not great numbers at all from Samsonov. Mm-hmm. That's been part of the problem as well. So when you can't score and your goaltending's mediocre, that's a bad combination to try to win games. Uh, and yeah. we're seeing that right now with the uh, Washington Capitals. Yeah, Oshie did get the one goal for them against Philly, but just overall the lineup, the lineups, the, the lines have not looked in sync uh, those last few games. Even with they Oshie just can't back. score. Like I'll yeah. tell you what, Ian, I watched the entire finish. game against Philly. I watched the chances. Game. Oh yeah, tons. Oh yeah, yeah. 
can't play I don't this like right the defense now. either, guys. Uh, you know, it, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of things missing. Something off, and there has been, like Alex said, there's just been something off about them all season. Yeah. You know, like they just, they're, I don't get excited to watch their games. Mm. No. Right. Yeah, just, they're not that exciting, flashy team, Washington, like they were, you know, several years ago. It's kind of just that don't you know it's like watching paint dry to be quite honest with you at times watching the washington capitals and uh it's a big change from earlier in ovechkin's career and you're right after john carlson and nick jensen and orlov's pretty solid but you go to jensen and trevor van reemsdijk and kempney and martin uh, fehervari and there's a drop off to the rest of those defensemen uh, for yeah. the uh, washington capitals so well i'll, I'll uh, say that's growing up from where i'm <clears throat> excuse me where i'm from there's always we us nova scotians hate when people say that you know, the debate, you always hear Ovechkin or Crosby, who's better, who does what, right? It's, it's Everybody hates it around here. But I'll tell you one thing. Let's take everything going on aside and just talk about hockey for a second. Ovechkin is, he he, he can be a playmaker, but he's uh, sit in my home office and get teed up. More of a kind of guy lately. Right. So yeah. he needs everybody else around him to be performing. He's not doing what Sid's doing and putting a puck on Gensel's stick and telling him to tap it in the net. That's not what Ovechkin does. He's a finisher. I mean, he used to be a great playmaker now, but the thing is Ovechkin, I'd say, needs more people around him to get well, doing well. Yeah. It's kind of like if you're a three-point shooter in the NBA, you need people to be driving the paint to make you know some opportunities available on the perimeter. And for Ovechkin right now, if everybody's looking at him to do the scoring, that doesn't really benefit him. He's, he's not really a creator anymore. He's someone that, hey, draw attention towards you, then flip it over to me you know, in the office. And, mm. and so, you know, that's kind of why us Nova Scotians say Team Crosby because Crosby does it all. Well, you know, and I'll just say this, Andrew, about Ovechkin, though. I, I, I agree with you, but I also think maybe it's that he, he won't let him – he won't let the team help him. Mm. I think that he, he makes it too much about him, and he tries to be the man too much and won't let the other guys step up. And, you know, we saw when he didn't do that, and he, he bought into a system – and to allowing everybody to fall into their roles and not trying to take on everybody else's roles, that's when they won the cup. They and, won the cup, you know, yeah. I, I think they also, they miss trots a lot. I, I thought that was, you know, yeah. I think Ian brought it up. They play boring hockey, but that boring hockey works under the right coach. Mm. It doesn't work under the current coaching regime there. So uh, I, I just think there's a lot of problems going on right there. I think they need a big culture change. In, if you ask Jimmy, people on Twitter, like who's the better player? The, the casual fan will say, oh, Vetchkin, no doubt. Do you see all the goals he scores? The casual fan's a moron then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Crosby's, the, the track record, the resume speak for itself. And like he's and he's also a center, man, so he's got to do exactly, more. Exactly, yeah. Different positions. Yeah. And it's, uh, center responsibility, it's amazing how much falls on the center uh, iceman, anyone, especially a yeah. top line or second line center. You're counted on to score. You're counted on to be on the power play and penalty kill and five on five. And you're counted on to win key face-offs. I mean, there's really a lot that's asked of you, hmm. you know, when you're a center. And uh, a lot of that uh, falls on the shoulders of Crosby. Not quite as much of that. Fall. Gifted goal scorer. Incredible goal scorer, oh, Ovechkin, sure. obviously. But uh, definitely in terms of what's required more uh, in terms of the all-around game, Crosby definitely more is asked of him in so many different areas, no doubt. All right, Boston, Los Angeles. Final game of this Monday card, Bruins minus 125, uh, road favorites, five and a half the total, uh, shaded to the under in this game. This should be a good matchup here because you got two teams that are feeling pretty good about their current form, no question, and they should. Uh, the Bruins have actually had a nice little run since uh, 
beating down Colorado on that uh, Monday afternoon just a, a week ago, uh, 5-1. Uh, they've started off this road trip beating uh, Seattle and San Jose. I mean, obviously teams that are struggling, and we just saw those two teams play each other last night. Uh, but uh, 2-0 to start the road trip. Games you would think Boston should win, and they took care of business uh, in those two games. Uh, they've obviously gotten Brad Marchand back from his suspension. That has helped. Uh, so they've got pretty much all hands on deck. The only guys that are still out are Zaboral and uh, Vaca and is still uh, on IR and uh, Lazar. Uh, as well looks like he's day-to-day other than that Bruins uh, fully healthy Uh, no question about that playing well on this road trip we'll see if that continues here all that being said I do an NBA pub hub show every day on pub sports radio with Dutch and every time we don't get a certain amount of likes uh, and hit the people hitting the like button he gets a little upset and he says what 200 people watching and only 40 likes that's dis motherfucking respectful say hit the like button you know what i think of this line toward the la kings it's dis motherfucking respectful that's what i think of it here tonight against boston value purposes alone i'm on la here in this game uh, i think they get the job done here against the bruins they're playing great their metrics say this is no fluke what they're doing right now they're playing very good defensively uh jonathan quick has had a renaissance season he's actually 15 plus 15 goals saved above average i couldn't believe his numbers were that good So he has not only been good, he's been great. He's been making important saves, difficult saves. It's been impressive to watch. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be taking Adrian Kempe again to score. Of course, you know, that's going to happen in this game tonight. Just very impressed with this team. And they're going to be tested by Boston here because when you look at who they've played lately, Islanders, uh, San Jose, Anaheim, you know, they're going to be tested by the Bruins. But I think they're ready for this test. And I think more than anything, this is a price that just, Odds makers have been slow to react to the improvement of this LA Kings team. You look at, read all these quotes from Kopitar, from Brown, Doughty, some of the veterans that were there winning those cups years ago, and the younger players like I follow. We think we have a really good hockey team is the common quote that I've heard from all of these guys. We think we have a really good hockey team. We think we're getting better. And this is one of those games where if you're ready to show how much better you are, you're fired up to do so. You're motivated to do so. You know you got a team that's been a perennial playoff team for years coming in. I think they want to prove a point tonight, this LA Kings team. And to be honest, with the Bruins, even with Marchand and everybody healthy again, you beat in Seattle, you beat in San Jose. Bravo, but let's see a win tonight against a much better team. Uh, I like LA here, plus 105 in this one. Alex, what do you think here, Bruins and Kings? Now, I'm the draw here, and it's, it's funny because uh, one of the books that I use normally for playing three-way lines has it at plus 295, which definitely says that there's a lot of other people who feel the same way I do that have been on the draw. I've actually found 320 at another shop, so you got to shop around. Also, I want to make this note, too, because we, we talk a lot about regulations and, and overtime lines moving forward. Don't be fooled by the trap. I've seen this every year. You will have a yes/no prop, and will a game go to overtime? And that line will usually be forty to fifty cents cheaper than the playing the regulation draw. It's literally the same thing. So don't let the books get screw you out of out of an extra forty or fifty cents. Uh, make sure to play the draw or tie on the three-way line as opposed to going with the yes/no prop uh, as far as overtime goes. So I definitely want to just make that known. But uh, these are two teams that are you know in good form right now. And make a note, too, with L.A., after this game, they go on a four-game road trip, which ends in Boston before having to come back home. So they're getting a lot of hockey in a, in a very short time hitting the road. So uh, definitely want to see how they play wrapping up with this and, and see what, what, you know, if this is kind of a physical, intense matchup, 
keep in mind that at the end of their road trip, they go right back and play these same Bruins. So that's something I have circled in my notes too. But I think this is just going to be a kind of a tit for tat game. We can see, you know, this, these two teams uh, stay, you know, pretty close. And even I think they realize, even though it's not a divisional matchup or it's an out of conference matchup, but both teams know that the others are playing well. And if they want to, you know, uh, build, you know, boost things up in their own standings, their own spot, they got to take care of business. So I, I think we see a close game, and I think it goes OT. So I like the draw here, plus three twenty. Like in the draw here, plus 320, probably will be a close game. I think that's not a bad way to go, uh, the draw here uh, in this one. There are, again, some shots on goal props I'm considering. I'm always interested with his recent ability to shoot the puck from the point. Drew Doughty, I follow, continues to go over two and a half shots. Could say Kempe could do so. Uh, on the Boston side, you got to lay minus 160 to do it. But Brad Marchand, I mean, this guy's a shooting machine right now. Uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins going into this game. He had eight against San Jose. He had seven against Seattle uh, since returning from the suspension. And let's not forget the two games before he was suspended, Pittsburgh and Seattle, he had five and he had three shots on goal in that game. So I don't always love endorsing a minus 160 shot on goal prop, but Marshawn over two and a half minus 160 does feel like uh, he's got a, it's, it's, it's a decent positive expectation bet, even if you got to lay uh, a little bit of a price there uh, on that one. Uh, based on what we've seen from him uh, the couple, last couple games. I mean, he has just been uh, shooting the puck quite a bit uh, for this uh, Bruins team. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here with Boston and L.A.? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, on a different page uh, in this game. Uh, I, I was riding L.A. last week. I thought that was their week. Scheduling-wise, it was a good chance to pick up some points. Um, but the, one of the reasons why I liked them was because I've been doing, like I said at the start of the show, and that's been schedule-watching, you know? finding out the fact they're playing back-to-back games uh, against the Arizona Coyotes, you know, a, a weakened Islanders team, a, a, a Ducks team that's kind of uh, fallen off from the team they were in the first half of the season, you know. So from a scheduling standpoint, the Kings are a great team, and they're conti- in those games alone, they, the price was, was disrespectful, 100%. And it is still disrespectful in this game a little bit. Um, but I like the Bruins. Back healthy. Um, you see how much of a different team they are with Marshy back, uh, even with their captain back after he was gone for a couple of games, how much different they've, they've looked. And, you know, I've seen Jimmy talking about DeBrusque uh, on Twitter quite a bit and some of the secondary guys, you know, showing up for them. And I just think the Bruins are a different team right now. And I know they're hot four straight wins. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say to you that all four of those have been against top tier opponents either, but I like the way they're playing. I like the way they're winning games and, um, you know, in their last couple of games, allowing no higher than two goals is is really good, you know, and that's the type of Bruins hockey that you want to see. So I like the Bruins here at minus 125. Yeah, I do like Jake DeBrus too as well, a goal scorer. Even though I like the Kings tonight, uh, there's still a couple Bruins props. Like I said, Marshawn over shots I like quite a bit. Uh, Jake DeBrusque now, he's not going to score every game. And the one thing you're going to get from him, and uh, Jimmy was a proponent of this too when we when he talked Bruins the last few times, that until he gets traded, this guy is going to be wanting to show up every single night. And he scored four goals in the last four games for Boston. He got held off the scoreboard against San Jose, uh, but he still had two shots on goal, and he had four, four, and three shots before that. He's getting chances. He's getting shots, getting opportunities. So uh, I think you can uh, go back to that well here as well with uh, DeBrusque maybe to uh, find the back of the net for the uh, Bruins tonight uh, in this one. Uh, Jimmy, this is interesting because we know LA's on fire. We do know that they've had an issue with maybe playing some weaker opponents, but Boston started off this road trip playing two teams about as weak as it gets 
Seattle and San Jose. So the question is, are the Kings ready to step up here uh, against the Bruins or are the Bruins starting to peak and turn it on and flip that switch? What do you think here? Yeah, I, I think I, I'd, I'd be a millionaire if I could answer that question. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I don't, I don't know about this, this Bruins team. I, it's another team. I, I think they've been a lot better than the Capitals. Don't get me wrong, but it, you know, obviously I'm covering them and I'm still having trouble trying to figure out who they are. And if you look at it, their record, as you said, you just pointed out their record against the good teams is not that great. Uh, so they played what they played, like you said, Seattle, San Jose, don't forget about them in there as well. Uh, in Ottawa. Right. So this is not the best win streak, but a win's a win at this time of year. And, 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 even when you're playing crummy teams at the bottom of the standings, as we're seeing right now with the Montreal Canadiens, it's never going to be an easy game. Uh, that being said, I think both teams are playing solid hockey right now. And I, 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 would deal, I like that draw bet in this as well. I mean, I don't like to take two draws in, in one slate, but uh, I, this could be a really great game. I think easily going to be the best game on, on the slate, for, on the schedule tonight. And I look at it in terms of the, the Bruins right now. One thing I like that they're doing is you mentioned it there, Debraska slotted in nice. He's he's playing good hockey as well, but they're they're finding ways to not let lineup changes alter them too much. And and there's there's something to be said about that, whether that's coaching or whether the, the players buying in, but they're finding ways to keep a cohesiveness uh, on the forward lines and a defensive pairing. So I like a draw right now. I'm also gonna go with uh the under in the first period. I think both teams come out a little lethargic, and I also like the goaltending that both goalies are uh, performing at right now. So give me the under in the first period. I don't do that often, but give me that under there. All right, that's a under one and a half uh, in the uh, first period for uh, Jimmy with uh, the Bruins and the Kings. Uh, minus 110 uh, is what you can get with that, and he likes that plus 320 with the draw, which Alex uh, also likes uh, as well for this Bruins-Kings game. All right, there's your Monday card. Uh, before we get to best bets, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, new customers can bet just $1 on any NBA team, get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL and NBA. 21 years of age or older, you must be that. Age, minimum age, and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right. Best bets to wrap up this Monday show. Reminder, the BetCast tomorrow night, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. DM any one of us to get your, the link and join us on the BetCast. Nine games on the NHL slate tomorrow night. Should be a fun, hopefully lots of money-making opportunities uh, on that uh, BetCast tomorrow night. Uh, Alex, uh, best bet for Monday. Yeah, let's go with the Bruins and Kings draw uh, plus 320. We go with that. Uh, like I said, these are two teams. You look at back at what, at what the Boston Bruins have done. They've had a lot of close games. So they won three to one uh, in the last time I get San Jose, but they've had games where they've gone to overtime. They've had a lot of one goal decisions. Uh, this is a Kings team that's rolling right now, winning five in a row. It's their last game before going 
back on the road for a four-game road trip. So I think this is going to be a tight battle. could easily see this one being tied at 2-2 or 3-3 after 60 minutes. So we'll go with the draw with the Bees and Kings. Plus 320 is my best bet. All right, Boston, Los Angeles, draw, plus 320, best bet for Alex B. Smith. We've got the best bet cam uh, now moving forward on the uh, Ice Guys show. Just zoom <laughs> I was, in I was not prepared for that at all. <laughs> we, best bets. we do that on the other show. So let's do right. that here. It's good. It's, 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 right. The spotlight's on you. It's your best bet. You're the star now, so have at it. Uh, Andrew, uh, what do you like here for best bet tonight? Uh, I mean, Alex is wearing that nice jersey. Uh, one of us has to give a best bet on the bees. I'll I'll be the one to do it. I I like the LA Kings last week. Um, I told you my buy and sell segment. I was buying the Kings last week. I'm not buying them tonight though. I think the bees keep it going. The competition level that LA played last week during that win streak showed me that hey, they can beat teams they should beat. Can they beat a team like the Bruins? Really getting it together. Um, past couple of games, the most they've allowed is just two goals. Their defense is playing well. It's impressive for me. All mark and net tonight. Give me the Bruins. All right. Boston Bruins minus 125. Uh, best bet for uh, Andrew McGinnis. Uh, Jimmy, what do you like for best bet? Well, I apologize, guys. I'm actually going to come in with a best bet that I didn't make a bet earlier on because I saw somebody in the chat room there. Sorry, I can't remember who it was, but uh, mentioning Marshan right now with his shots. And look, this guy was just writing about it in my preview for the game tonight. I mean, he came back. He had seven shots, like I said before, on Thursday. Then he had eight on Saturday. So give me Brad Marshan to have six or more shots, and you get that at plus 300. That's going to be my best bet. All right, there you go. And I like it. I'm on that as well. With Brad Marchand over two and a half shots on goal. He's Doc Holiday at the OK Corral. No, I'm right going now. over six. I'm going six or over, buddy. Oh, OK. There you go. Oh, yeah, oh, no, I'm the... going full out here. All right. <laughs> so so. At, at least six shots. Like like my book will have it as at least six shots exactly. over yeah. on goal. Okay. Very good. Uh, if you can find that, you know, for a guy that's had, what, eight and seven, right? The yeah. last two games. Yeah, there you go. It's 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 a it's a bet that's got a shot, especially what we've seen <laughs> with a guy like him uh, the last two <laughs> games. So uh, yeah, and by the way, did I mention the uh, yeah it's Swayman? It's going to be a net tonight for the yes uh, LA uh, for the Boston Bruins. It'll be and Swayman. Quick confirmed. Quick is confirmed. Yeah. Okay. Quick yeah, is confirmed. so weird. Some sites were talking about uh, Peterson earlier in the day, but all I yeah, saw yeah, that's was why quick. I asked. Yeah. yeah. It looks like Quick's confirmed now. Yeah, Quick's side. confirmed. I, I tweeted it out about an hour ago. They said it was a full team skate, and Quick was the first guy off. So. Yep. We've got every goalie confirmed except Boston's goalie. I think it'll be all. No, he's, he's confirmed now, guys. It's him. Who? Swayman. Swayman. Okay, Swayman. That's oh, okay. Yeah. Third, that's third straight start, and uh, I would think tomorrow that means they go to Allmark because of back-to-back, and he's back now to back. Right. Okay. So. Yeah, so it's Halak and Dawes. Dawes is official, by the way, or likely for New Jersey, but I expected it to be Dawes because, look, Gillies has been rough lately. Yeah. Uh, Morozik and Samsonov uh, for Toronto-Washington, and now it will be Swayman and Quick uh, for the yeah. uh, Boston uh, LA game. All right. My best bet for this Monday card. Uh, it's going to be New Jersey team total over three and a half plus half plus We're riding this thing. Expect this. If this cashes tonight, expect this to be not the last time you're going to see me betting New Jersey devils team totals. Uh, they can flat out find the back of the net. In my opinion, now that they've got everybody healthy, we've seen that in the last two games since getting Dougie Hamilton and Jesper Bratt back on the team in the lineup on the ice, six goals against Pittsburgh, Five against New Jersey, or four, five against Chicago uh, for New Jersey. Uh, just trust them to score. You know, that's why the team total uh, option is there. Why worry about the goaltending? Why worry about what they do defensively? Worry about them 
scoring goals, and I think they can get to at least four tonight against a Canucks team that's given up a lot of shots, a lot of danger chances, has their backup, Yaroslav Halak, uh, in net tonight, who hasn't been sharp in his last few starts. New Jersey Devils team total over three and a half at a great price, plus 130 uh, at DraftKings for my best bet for this Monday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. 219 live viewers. Hit the like button if you haven't done so already. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, and Saturday and Sunday noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, Andrew McGinnis, and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys, our daily show and the BetCast tomorrow coming up on the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.